Welcome everyone to another episode of the Alex and Mo podcast. Now, a few years back, um, the National Association of Black Physical Therapists, shout out to Dr. Remy and her team, hosted uh, Alex, myself, and Dr. Kurt McGill uh, to share experiences as physical therapists and entrepreneurs. And I, for one, found it very insightful that Kurt manages to work in the digital health rehab space. Now, we have heard increasing complaints from clinicians, whether it's physical therapists, medical doctors, nurses, that they are burnout, driving to see patients, working in a building where they have to see multiple patients. So digital health rehab offers a great alternative to all healthcare clinicians. Alex and I have promised you that we are going to be hosting Healthcare Mavericks Innovators disruptors, people thinking outside the box, and Kurt is definitely one of them. He may be shy, but Alex has a great gift of bringing out the best in others. So Kurt, we know we're going to have a great episode tonight. So welcome to the show. Delayed, but not denied, right? Yeah. Thank you for having me, Alex and Mo. Uh, this has been a long time coming. I know we spoke about me coming on this podcast probably about a year ago, and I'm glad it was finally able to make this reality um, tonight. An interesting fact on that same call that I was watching all for the NABPT, I didn't realize that Alex and I lived in the same city for a little bit in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and we didn't even know each other. So <laughs> it was definitely um, enlightful to see that there, that he, we were both living in the same town at the same time and didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, you know, South Carolina, specifically Spartanburg, Greenville, like Boiling Springs, that whole area that I was there for about a year um, doing my sports residency was a uh, a pretty cool place and and uh yeah that is kind of funny that we were there at the same time and didn't know uh each other or even cross paths um but again thank you very much for for taking the time out to be with us like you mentioned you know we've been trying to get this scheduled between you know your schedule and our schedule and, and whatnot so we do appreciate your time coming on with us tonight um you know back when we first met at, at that uh that call it, it was, if I remember, like we were still pretty deep. Nah, I don't want to say deep, but we were still in COVID kind of yeah. atmosphere, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so it was very much so this whole, you know, digital forum that, that you practice in, um, which I think is amazing. Uh, there's certainly days like today where I didn't treat patients. I was... Uh, actually at the beach with my wife and kids. And uh, there's days where I wish that I could just, you know, work from the beach or, or have, you know, be on vacation and, and still be able to provide care and provide for my family. So definitely very interested to hear about, you know, that space that you're currently in. But I always like to take it back. I always want to know, you know, in this case, who... Dr. Kurt uh, is how he got started, how he ended up here. Um, you know, I like to, to learn those backstories and, and, and see different people's paths because it may have been unique to you, but you may have somebody watching who's kind of treading in those same waters and, and, and might have some, you know, info that you can give them 
uh, as to, you know, how you got to yours. So long-winded way of say, take us, tell us how we got to where we are today. Definitely. I can start off with a highlight of my career journey, and then I can go into reasons for leaving in-person care and definitely can highlight what digital healthcare is, because probably a lot of people on this podcast may not know what all it entails. Absolutely. I've been a practicing PT for a while, going over 10 years now. Uh, I started off in the home health uh, industry. Um, so what Alex is, I mean, what you and Mo are doing currently right now, I did that for going on three, four years. And after that, I was looking for some change. Um, that's when I decided to go work for a university-based hospital. Uh, I started off as a outpatient physical therapist. However, I had the ability to become a floater PT there, which was an amazing opportunity. It allowed me to um, treat patients in a variety of different settings. I was able to see um, some patients in acute setting. We also had a subacute floor, and I was also able to do some industrial rehab on top of um, doing some outpatient. Then 2020 came, um, as we, as Alex kind of alluded to, with the pandemic, um, and that's when I started looking at what other potential career opportunities were there for me at the time. So I would say definitely COVID-19 uh, played a big part in me wanting to leave in-person care originally because I was unsure or uncertain about what the future held for in-person PT at the time. The second piece was clinic burnout. Uh, the, the clinic and hospital that I kind of worked for at the time as with most clinics, they had a very high patient volume demand. Uh, and over time of seeing that high volume of patients, um, I was afraid of potential burnout. And I, can, I, could, I was starting to feel the early effects of it, especially dealing with uh, insurance companies. There were a lot of times where, um, let's just say, a post-op member that I was seeing, I think clinically they needed eight weeks of PT. However, because of a variety of different insurance reasons, they only allowed me two weeks, which was very difficult. And that constant back and forth trying to battle insurance companies on top of that um, high patient volume was, was getting me, was, was leading to a lot of burnout on my part. Lastly, was I was just feeling a lot of um, lack of career advancement within the current company that I was working for. And I was looking for a better career opportunity that will allow me to grow professionally as it, rather than just being a physical therapist. So just that complete um, whole body and career growth and development. So that's when I started looking into uh, digital health opportunities and was able to find one, which is the company that I currently work for. Digital health to me was new. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I'm glad that I didn't 
um, allow that fear of trying something new stop me from doing um, this particular opportunity. Because, you know, as, as we learn in school, uh, digital health isn't really talked about when we talk about career opportunities in PT school. They'll tell you acute care, outpatient, um, home health, skilled nursing, but digital health really isn't talked about. Maybe it is now. However, when I was in PT school, it wasn't um, discussed at all. And for those that don't know what digital healthcare is, it's essentially a multidisciplinary concept that incorporates technology and healthcare. And it has several different benefits um, from a digital health provider. Uh, when I did start seeing a lot of telehealth visits, it allowed me to see more diverse patients and diagnoses outside of a particular geographic area. Um, if you're working for a clinic, wherever you may be, you're probably only going to see patients within a certain radius of that clinic. So your potential of a variety of patients and also diagnoses that you may treat is limited to where you are geographically, which is something that uh, digital healthcare has allowed me to expand my capability to see more patients. Uh, since I started digital health, I was I got acquired license licensure in multiple states and have been able to see patients in Florida, New York, California, Texas, states which I have licensure in. But otherwise, if I was just working at a local outpatient clinic or hospital, I wouldn't have the opportunity to make an impact in these individual lives. So that's one benefit right there. Additionally, uh, with digital health, uh, I mentioned earlier about the technology piece. Uh, incorporating technology with healthcare improve efficiency and accuracy of your clinical assessments, along with key metrics such as exercise compliance, pain, and range of motion. How many times have we treated a patient and they say, oh, I've done my exercise, my exercises that you prescribed for me. And we have no way of knowing if they truthfully did their exercises. With digital health, a lot of times you have the capability to go into the patient's chart and see, you know, did they do their exercises? Did they skip any of their exercises? And they're also able to not only get that didactic feedback from how they are doing on their particular exercises, but it allows us on the provider side to make changes to their particular plan. Feedback, which we otherwise wouldn't have gotten when if they're at home doing their particular exercises. And talking from the patient standpoint, it provides a larger pool of clinicians that they can see. If I drive and go to a local clinic, you'll be lucky if you have two, three, four uh, PTs there at that clinic. Now with digital health, you have a larger volumes of, of, pay, of 
professionals that you can see based on their licensures that they may particularly have. And additionally, it allows, as I mentioned earlier, uh, provides feedback on their exercises in terms of how they're doing, because a lot of times when we give providers, when we give patients exercises, they, they can do it perfectly when they're in the clinic. However, when they go home, they don't have the PT with them home to kind of give them that feedback of how they're doing. So that's another one of the positive things that I truly enjoy about uh, being able to practice in the digital health environment. So you mentioned that you had to get licensed in multiple states for a new professional that could be quite expensive or did you capitalize on the compact licensure? Good question. Good question. First of all, if you live in a compact state, it definitely makes licensure a lot easier. But most companies that you will work for, if they want for you to get licensure within a particular state or region based on uh, patient population that they're expecting to see, they will cover the cost of your licensure and any associated fees. So that's something that new PTs um, shouldn't worry about too much if deciding on digital health as a career future uh, career field for themselves. And how do you guys bill, like how do you get paid for the visits that you do? Good question. It's a little different than the traditional uh, bill through insurance. Um, the digital health company that I work for, um, it's it's billed directly with the employer. So a lot of times we bill the employer for uh, X amount of time for them to get treatment from a physical therapist. So it isn't bill per you know each visit that we see them. It's more so build the employer for a certain amount of, of period of time that we will see them, which is nice because I'm not finding myself having to battle with insurance companies because most of the time the employers are paying for this, um, this service for their employees. So you mentioned that you, you're billing the employer. Does this company have contracts with certain employers that are interested in this and then that's how you get your patients or do you have to go out and basically market and find your patients yes another good question we have partnerships with and a lot of digital health companies now have partnerships with particular companies and uh, they they may have it signed on as such as like a benefit you know, when you go work for a particular company, you may have this benefit for this um, particular service. Um, that's the way the model that we utilize. But there are so many different models out there. Um, so uh, definitely different options out there. I know I've heard of particular companies where you can contract and kind of build your caseload on your own independent of like a particular company. So there's definitely options with definitely options out there within a digital health world. Now, the platform that you use uh, to have these visits done, is it done through an app or a particular EMR 
or can a new professional get into the space and get contracted with an employer like a company to treat their athletes um their sorry not athletes their employees but utilize like zoom or some other sort of platform where they can do video visits yeah I definitely think if you are new to the digital health world, it will be good to start off with a company that uh, help you like with the marketing or brings the patients to you. And all you have to do is just sign on each day and just do see your video visits that you may have. We do utilize a, um, you know, it's, it's similar to traditional outpatient. I, you will go in. Uh, we have our own kind of platform that we utilize to do the video visits. And then after doing your video visits, then you go in, you document uh, your interaction with the patient. And then you can go in into their chart and prescribe them and prescribe them the exercises that you want for them to do. And then each week you can go into their chart and update the particular exercises that you want to do. And from the patient side, they just go into the app and they're able to go in and perform the exercises that you prescribe them. Uh, and I think as you, as you, as you get experience in the digital health and you feel more confident, I think if you want to branch out, and do something on your own, um, sort of like what you do right now, Mo, with your home health is definitely that avenue in the future if someone inspired to uh, be more like an independent business owner, things like that. But definitely, I think in the beginning, uh, you need to get that experience and into the digital health and get comfortable with it. And then if you want to branch out and do your own thing, uh, there's always that possibility with it. And the company that I work for Refocus on MSK, but there's so many different avenues that you can do outside of MSK uh, within the digital health. Typically, how many patients do you see a day? Good question. It varies because, uh, you know, if if we're doing a full evaluation, you will be allotted a longer amount of time versus um if it's a follow-up visit. And we also do what we call uh, like check-in visits just to check in with members to see how they're doing with their particular exercises without having to do like a full assessment. So um, if I'm doing a lot of follow-ups, it will be a lot more visits I would do that day versus a full eval. So it's, it's kind of difficult for me to say, hey, I see 10 patients a day uh, because it varies just because if I have a full a full day of evaluation is going to be less than if I have a full day of just check member check-ins or also like follow-up visits. And on average, how long does the evaluation last? Like take an hour, hour and a half? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say evaluations in, in terms of start, you see the patient, um, go through your evaluation and then do all your subsequent uh, documentation and all that. I'll probably say an hour is realistic. Now, are you able to do this from anywhere? Do you have to have specific equipment or tools with you? 
Um, and if so, what are some of those equipment or tools that you commonly use? Yeah, definitely a computer, <laughs> I would say, is my number one tool that we utilize. And most companies will provide you a computer um, for you to see your patients. Uh, I think that and reliable, strong Internet is another thing for you to have. But in terms of like specific tools and things like that, nothing specifically that I use when I was seeing patients. Um, sometimes I would sometimes I would demonstrate and walk the, the patient through some exercises. So definitely having some space in the back to allow you to move would definitely be helpful, but um, there isn't no specific, I'll say like equipment, you know, goniometer and things like that. I really don't use in clinical practice uh, because one thing I learned with digital health is I focus a lot more on movement, trying to get patients moving correctly and giving them the right dose of movement and really focusing on patient education versus more of my hands-on manual skills, which you know can be difficult to do if you're not if you're not um, in person seeing a patient. Uh, so, what would happen if you do an evaluation and you determine that the patient may benefit more from having manual uh, work done on them? Yeah, or would you? What would what would you suggest to that patient? Typically, we will refer patients uh, if we feel that they will require more hands-on. I can take you through a patient that I was seeing probably about two years ago where um, she signed up to, to see me for frozen shoulder. And we just weren't getting as much progress as I wanted through the digital health. And I realized that, hey, I think that she would benefit more from you know, doing some more hands-on manual work. Um, so that's when I referred the patient to an inpatient provider. And the good thing with our model is, like I told you earlier, is we don't bill insurance directly, which means they're able to see their in-person provider through their insurance. And then since um, our model is essentially a benefit for them through they get through the employer, they're able to essentially get two PTs at the same time. So I've worked in collaboration with in-person PTs um, a lot of times. Okay. Well, going back, Alex probably asked you that question because he's probably thinking of, you know, going on vacation. I'm telling you. I'm telling you based off of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I missed that piece about um, the working. <laughs> Uh, with the company that I work for, as long as we're located anywhere within the United States, uh, we can see patients. It's just something with um, like some compliance issues where I couldn't be in Mexico or like Italy seeing patients. But, you know, if I want to be home, I can see patients. And if I'm visiting a family member, the only thing is you just need to make sure you're in a private area because you're going to be discussing PHI. So you can't go to a coffee shop and see a patient. Man. Or be yeah. on the beach, Alex, or be on the beach. Listen, <laughs> I mean, if I'm remote away from people, I think that qualifies, um, you know? So, <laughs> um, 
But I, I, I think, you know, Mo and I have had this conversation. Uh, you know, this for me is the ideal uh, type of workspace, right? You know, Mo and I, and we talk about work-life balance and, and being able to, you know, still do what we enjoy doing, providing for our families, but not necessarily being in, in, in a clinic all day or, you know, even in home health, like we have the luxury of we're not in a clinic. We spend a lot of time in our car, um, but just being able to kind of get away and have that balance, but not necessarily missing a beat. Um, you mentioned that there's several companies out there. To your knowledge, since you started, has it grown? Um, you know, are you seeing a ton more of companies coming out and, and providing this type of service? Yes, totally agree. Um, there's been more, as each year passes, it seems that there are more digital health companies that are just popping out of nowhere. And I think that will continue to be the trend uh, just because it's just so convenient. Um, if you're a patient, uh, it allows more flexibility for your appointment uh, because it's, it's difficult sometimes to get out of work, to go do your therapy and things like that. Uh, just that flexibility from just the patients and the compliance that I've seen uh, makes it a good opportunity um, for a lot of businesses to um, continue to offer these services. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to grow because uh, our focus should be on preventative um, care. So this is truly a great model. And since it's a benefit from the employer, uh, I'm sure a lot of employees would appreciate that it's not them having to pay copies and all that stuff to see a physical therapist. So, this, well, this Mo, is Mo, I think you bring up a good point. You know, the word preventative care. Um, you know, I, I've been on record saying this before. Like, our, I, in my opinion, our healthcare system is not designed to function and and thrive in a preventative care model. Right? I always say, and I have said. There's no money to be made on the healthy person. Um, the, the, the money is made through pharmaceuticals and through all the other stuff, right? So we need those sick people. But the key to this is that it, it's a benefit to the employee, right? So it's a benefit. It's something good for me. It's not me having to use my insurance because I necessarily have a problem if that makes sense, right? So it, to me, it feels like the the focus and the motivation is different, right? When, you know, we talk about vacation, PTO, right? That's a benefit to me that I'm motivated to use it. I want to use that. I can get something from it. Um, when I'm sick and I have to call out sick and I have to use it, my time for that, I don't want to do that. Like, I feel like I'm wasting it, right? So I feel like, with these, these companies saying, hey, as a benefit to you, you have access to Dr. McGill or somebody of his, of his same, uh, you know, likeness or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. That seems like, hmm, hey, I was playing over the weekend. I kind of strained my back or, you know, I pulled the muscle. Hey, let me call Kurt and see what I can get in. And it's not really going to take anything away from me. Whereas 
you know, that same person could have that injury and be like, man, I got to call the doctor. I got to go spend $20, $30 or more on a copay. And then after he tells me what he thinks the problem is, then I got to f- go to the next person, you know, and it becomes these obstacles in, in the way of helping me with my problem. Whereas going directly to you, I don't have to pay anything um, because my employer's taking care of it and I can do this anytime. Um, so I, I think that the preventative stuff is where we need to be going. Um, and this is a great avenue for it. What, um, are you just a typical eight to five, nine to five, or is there like flexibility in that? There's flexibility. You will have your particular hours that you schedule to work that particular week. And you can slot your, if you work in six, seven, eight hours, anytime that kind of works for you. So if you're a morning person, you can start at, you know, 6 a.m., work to about, let's just say 12. You know, if you want to, if you have some appointments or things in the middle of the day or have some events with your kids, you can you can go do that. And then you can come back in the evening and finish your day. So definitely there's a lot of flexibility there. And the good thing about it is (laughs) I might be applying tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the good thing is with with you seeing patients across various time zones, it may be, let's just say, early for you, but it may be later for someone else. Uh, so definitely having the having that um, availability vary throughout the day just allows for more opportunities for patients to be able, cause, to be able to see you just because some people want to go to therapy before they go to work or some people, you know, they get off work late and they can kind of do their therapy after, or sometimes um, they're able to step away for 30 minutes or so while they're at work and, and talk to me uh, while they're not able to leave and go to like a physical location for uh, that PT. So definitely flexibility for not only us being the healthcare provider, but also to the patient that is receiving service. Kurt, is there, you know, obviously when you talk about an outpatient clinic, which is what this would closely resemble or the closest thing to it, we always throw that word out of productivity. You know, you're expected to see and do X amount of things. Does that exist in this digital health space? Yes. I'll say no matter what space you work in, digital healthcare, uh, inpatient, outpatient, you're going to have that. You're, you're going to have that metrics, uh, but I would definitely say a lot of our metrics that, at least for the company I work for, is tied towards like outcomes versus like particular volumes, like units and things like that. So that's one thing I, I definitely appreciate uh, about that. But yeah, no matter what setting or even what industry you're in, there's always going to be some type of metrics, but. I definitely feel like these metrics aren't as stressful as I've previously have been encountered with. Now, you mentioned those metrics being tied to outcomes. So how is that, I guess, judged or, or measured, right? Does the patient have a survey? Um, obviously, I'm assuming there's probably some objective measures that might be tied to that. How is that um, you know, 
assessed? How are you graded on that? Yes. Every time a patient goes in and do their exercises, they essentially have a questionnaire that they have to fill out in terms of their pain uh, and things like that. And we kind of utilize those various metrics in terms of, you know, you've been doing therapy for, let's just say, six weeks. You know, how have your pain been across that six weeks? You know, how compliant have you been with um, your your exercises through that six weeks? And additionally, and tying it to the patient's bigger goals and objectives, were they able to accomplish that? If they had a goal of uh, returning to a particular sport or wanting to attend a particular event that, you know, otherwise they weren't able to attend, did they reach those objective goals? Because uh, that's ultimately what it's about in physical therapy. And the reason why I got into physical therapy is helping our patients accomplish whatever goal that may particularly be. And that should be the focus versus, you know, trying to kind of crank out units. Absolutely. No. Oh, oh, sorry. Ahead, Digital health. It's not only physical therapy. So um, does your company employ other disciplines like occupational therapy? Um, social worker. Social, anything like that? Because it's, it seems similar to like home health. but It does. It really does. Yeah, currently right now, we're just focusing on physical therapy. Uh, I have heard talks of potentially expanding it, but currently right now, it's just focused on physical therapy. But I imagine in the future, there'll be opportunities to potentially bring in OTs or speech just because of uh, how popular the service has been and how patients have just loved it. So obviously with in your specific situation, this being a benefit to the employees of the companies that you guys partner with, um, is your patient population primarily, I'd say 18 and above, or is, are there dependents, you know, so smaller, younger teens and even younger pediatric type? Do you see any of that? We typically don't see pediatrics. Um, I think the lowest that we've seen is around like teenagers all the way up to senior citizens, because I think now we're even seeing some like variety of like Medicare populations and things like that. So um, for our company purposes, uh, we only see teenagers all the way up to um, Medicare population. But I do know there I have heard of some. um digital health companies that do focus specifically like on peds and things like that. So I, I think without getting into your specific situation, obviously for anybody watching, all this sounds great, man, this flexibility, I can go anywhere in the country and still carve out my time. What's the money? Me the money. Like? Show me the money. What's the money like? <laughs> right. Because as great as that sounds, and, and I think it's very unique situation, right? Um, not sure. I remember your situation, single. I'm a, I, if I remember correctly. Married. Oh, married. I apologize. Yeah. Already yeah. wrong. Um, <laughs> no but, you know, 
our, our situations are different. So our financial goals and, and what our needs are financially is going to be different. But in general terms, compared to what you know from outpatient and all this stuff, do you feel like you're fairly compensated? Yeah, I definitely do. And in terms of comparison, I'll say the closest comparison is uh, outpatient PT. Like salaries was going to be comparable to that. Um, I think you want to get into this particular field uh, because you're passionate about it. If you want to make money, you know, you can do traveling. Additionally, home health may probably even pay you more. But at the end of the day, you know, what is your ultimate goal? Is your goal is to make money? Okay, that's perfectly fine. Then digital health may not be there for you. But if you're looking for opportunities to see a variety of different people and interact with people from all over the country and see a variety of different diagnoses that you may not see within your particular region, then digital health will, will be a good alternative option for you. You know to be quite honest, the more a benefit package is as an employee, the less the salary range is. So there, you have to have some give and take. So I do understand where you're coming from. But, you know, if you're doing it in the comforts of your home or a hotel room or on the beach, like Alex would have done today, <laughs> it, it all works out. <laughs> you, you don't have to drive to somebody's clinic or drive to somebody's home. You're just doing what you love, where you want, where you want to do it. So. Yeah, and you, and you bring up a good point. Um, looking at the total package and not just money, because I can say right now, in terms of not salary, but just looking at benefits, this is probably the best benefits that I've had. Uh, they're giving me stipend for like mental health, for professional development. And different avenues like that, which when I was in clinic, I didn't have those particular benefits. So I definitely think overall, uh, just don't focus on salary, but also to look at the total benefits in terms of, you know, flexibility and things like that. And also, to, you know, like company benefits that you may have, that you may get. Okay, no problem. Um, so, question: You said they pay, give you a stipend for like mental health, and I do think that's very important. So, would they pay for like APTA membership or anything like that? Yes, and that that goes into like your professional development stipend. So, if, like mm. for example, if I wanted to uh, attend APTA, I I can utilize that from that budget. Or if I see a cool course on uh, digital health, um, I can go and utilize that stipend. Same thing if I see a, a neat course on orthopedics that I wanted to um, attend, I utilize that. So there is definitely uh, opportunities for you to kind of utilize that. And additionally, um, I've utilized those funds just not only for um, licensure renewals. Um, I've taken like additional courses on leadership and management and things like that, which will make me overall a better person as I continue to grow within my career. So, and that's one thing that I would say that I've kind of learned is 
if you want to progress in your career, just don't focus on becoming a better PT. There's other soft and hard skills that uh, it'll be good for you to improve on if you want to continue to progress in your career. Uh, most definitely. So you seem like you'll be a great like mentor, um, educator. With the digital health space, it doesn't really give you the chance to become like a clinical instructor to students. So how would you bridge a gap to ushering like newer professionals or students to make them even interested in wanting to do digital uh, health and rehab? Yes, yes. Digital health, as I would say, I wouldn't recommend it as being your first job out of school. Just because I'm um, just thinking back when I was a new grad, you don't realize like how much you learn just from observing other people in clinic and getting that mentor within that particular clinic that you may work in. I think once you get that solid foundation of a couple of years of that in-person care, then you can pivot to the digital health. Because once you pivot to that digital health, I think the closest setting that I compare it to is home health. Because, you know, when you go into all these variety of different uh, patient homes, you don't have those other clinicians there that you can observe and watch for. So that's when you have to kind of get creative. And I do recommend that everyone, no matter if you're a new grad or you've been in the field for 5, 10, 15 years, always get that mentor. And even when I switch over to the digital health, I acquired a mentor here that I re meet with regularly just to kind of discuss, you know, what are my goals? How am I doing towards those goals? Just to making sure that I'm continuing to progress in my career. Then going back to your original question in terms of like trying to bridge the gap with students in the digital health, that's a challenging one. Uh, that's something, at least for the company I work for, that we're trying to see how um, we can incorporate some students into it a little bit more. But it's just challenging just because, you know, when you're a student, you need a lot of that direct supervision when you're treating these patients and things like that. And it just gets a little bit challenging when you are a student and you're trying to treat someone in digital health with a CI that's on Zoom. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So obviously we talked about, you know, working with the company and stuff like that and, and kind of having the system set up for you, right? Like you don't have to go find patients. They just kind of pop up on your schedule. You do your thing. For the person like Mo, myself, and, and some of our viewers the, the, that's got that entrepreneurial spirit, but likes what this setting has to offer, how does one go about doing that, right? So wh where are your opportunities to incorporate or to get into this space, in your opinion? Man. That's a loaded question, Alex. There's, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of opportunities. And the one thing I would say about digital health is I've seen opportunities as all the way as full time, as all the way down to like contract or part time.
part time. So if it's something that someone just wants to get into this space, but don't want to completely give up, you know, in-person care, that's something that you can, you know, work a few hours a week doing digital health and then why you still stay doing your in-person care. But in terms of uh, entrepreneurship, I think that ultimately boils down to what are your particular goals with that? Are you looking to potentially open your own business? Are you potentially looking into, you know, launching a, a product in physical therapy that you can kind of launch digitally? It, it just all depends on, like I said, what you want to do long term. But I think getting comfortable in this space and seeing what all it offers will opening up to your entrepreneurship mind a little bit and seeing what opportunities it is out there. So does your company provide, like you described, the, the contract work where you can work a couple of hours, kind of get your feet wet, figure out, like you said, is this space something that I like? Is this space something that, that I can thrive in? Does, does your company offer that? Yes, we've, we have PTs as low as like per diem, where they still maintain a full-time job and they're just working a couple of hours a week all the way up to full-time. And I'm sure, I, I imagine that there's probably other companies that um, follow a similar model. So don't feel that, hey, um, I need to completely make this pivot. And you can just find the right opportunity that kind of works for you. And like I said earlier, uh, it doesn't have to be MSK. There's probably other companies out there. If you're a neurophysical therapist and you want to do um, some type of neuro digital health, there's probably some companies out there that you can work for. Uh, Kurt, if you are offering a referral bonus, check Alex. Okay. Like <laughs> I'm going to put it in right now. <laughs> listen, listen. You, you get to work on the beach. <laughs> you got me intrigued. You got me intrigued, man, because, um, you know, a, a, a dream for me is, is that ultimate balance to where I can still do what I enjoy doing, which is treating patients. You know, you made a comment earlier. When we decided each individually that we wanted to be physical therapists, it was never for money. Because if anybody went into this profession for money, uh, you were sadly mistaken and steered in the wrong direction. Because unless you're business owner doing the grind, which is available to you, you're just not making that kind of money. We still make a good living. Don't get me wrong. I feel that at every level, um, no matter whether you're a new grad or been doing it 10, 15, 20 years, you make good money. Um, but we all did this because we enjoy to help people. We've experienced therapy ourselves. We've seen it from a, a younger standpoint and said, hmm, I, this, this resonates with me. I want to help others in that situation. Um, but now to be able to help others and still be with your family, still go visit relatives, still go do whatever it is that you need to do, but you can continue to do what you love to do. Um, I think that's a huge plus. You know, I think that we saw with COVID, the whole work from home mm -hmm. thing where companies were forced to, to pivot, to make this change, to allow the business to continue 
to make money and, and meet its financial goals. Um, but once people got a hold of that, that balance, that freedom to, to kind of do it, you know, I think there's been, I don't know if it's been official studies or just subjective information that people feel that they're much more productive when they don't have to drive into an office, when they don't have to co-mingle or that forced mingling that happens in that office setting, which for some people become, makes them inefficient, right? So people can now work at their speed. They have a task, they figure out how to complete it effectively, and then they can get to the other things. You know, they can be with their wife, their kids, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and I think it's a huge opportunity um, in physical therapy and in, in healthcare as a whole, you know, to, to Mo's point earlier, bringing in other disciplines and, and allowing the patient to get everything that they need without necessarily leaving their home. Um, I think once we can hit that on a, on a very efficient and wide scale, you know, I think we might turn the corner as, as health care is, is involved in, in this country. Um, because yeah, we, we, have got to catch up with times and, and, and doing it the route of a preventative is ultimately the best way to do it. Right. If we can prevent the people from going to the hospital or having to take time out from work. And that's probably another reason why these companies do it. Right. Because they don't want their employees missing time because they're ill or they're hurting or where the case may be. Right. If, you know, if you feel good, you're more likely to do your job the way that you need it. But if you're having to deal with aches and pains and other issues, that's taking you away. And then that's money lost for them, mm -hmm. right? Whatever, depending on whatever it is that that, that profession is. Um, yeah, this is this is totally, uh, I think, a potential for a game changer, potential for it to really explode. Because honestly, up until the point we met, I didn't even know this existed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always hear about the the telehealth and how that kind of started to happen during COVID because insurance companies were trying to figure out how they could still make money. Um, and then Medicare said, hey, we're going to allow these tele telehealth visits and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it, it's very cool stuff what you're doing and, and you're impacting people in a way that is very meaningful to them. Um, and it allows them to continue to live their busy lives because we're all busy um, without necessarily missing a beat. Um, so, Kurt, um, you mentioned that you guys use outcomes to see if patients have improved. Um, I know you're probably not involved in the marketing and sales uh, to employers, but do you have any idea if uh, those that are involved in that share uh, data that, look, we can save you thousands of dollars by doing this if you enroll with us because your employees would miss less time compared to not having this or say you're someone works for like Home Depot or Lowe's or some construction company, mm -hmm. you give them ergonomic uh, ideas to prevent uh, injury from happening. So are those um, techniques usually involved in marketing or do they encourage you as a clinician to, to market to, to other companies as well? 
No, we have a dedicated sales and marketing team, and we actually have uh, a group, a small team of PTs that specifically work with them. So they don't even treat patients. They just work with the um, sales and marketing team. And that's one of the biggest pitches that uh, when we're looking at particularly new clients to sign on is, you know, how much money can we save you from signing on to our particular service? And additionally, um, lost time from work, which it's another huge thing because um, you don't realize like just from an just from an employee missing one day of work, like how much revenue um, they potentially can you lose. And additionally, the strain that it puts on other workers there. So uh, definitely um, that's something that we utilize. And we have, in addition to that whole like research team to um, kind of just show um, how our model has improved, like the variety of different patients that we've seen. And just being in this space, uh, I've learned that you don't necessarily have to, you know, utilize your hands or do manual techniques on a patient to help them overcome a particular injury. Do, do you, have you seen in the time that you've been doing it, there, there's a, as far as your patients are concerned, is there a, a common industry that they work in um, or are you just kind of getting like all over the. It's, it's all over. I mean, I've seen patients that worked in the factory. I've seen desk workers where I'm typing on the computer all day. They're starting to get issues with their elbow, wrist and hand. So I would say it's, it's a variety of different patients across uh, different industries. Uh <clears throat> Does your company utilize different testing tools or it makes it easier for therapists to, well, I, I'm not going to use the word diagnose because we're not supposed to do that, but determine um, the issues that hand. <laughs> not currently. Um, I think a lot of times we utilize the technology just to improve our assessments, but not to the degree of, you know, they check this many boxes off, they're diagnosed with that. Because um, our, our main focus is in, not in terms of the diagnosis, but the outcome. Did the patient achieve the particular outcome that they wanted when they signed up for that particular, um, when they signed up for this particular service? And that's one thing that I had to shift my mindset when I switched to the digital health that, it isn't about getting that diagnosis right during evaluation. It's about helping the member or patient achieve their particular goals that they signed up for. Very good, very good. Because you know that's one of the big things to make sure that you got the diagnosis accurately as a PT. But <laughs> yeah, and that was there are many Well, Cartman, this has been awesome uh i i personally have gotten a lot from it I, I i sure hope that our viewers have as well because this is this is a a unique um path that you're on and that i think many will kind of find a, a bit of interest in um because it's it's where the future is i feel you know i think that the more we get into the digital space, the using technology and, and how we can facilitate and make things more efficient, 
not only for ourselves as the clinicians, but more importantly for our patients, um, how we can get the help that they need to them as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And, and obviously technology and the patient doing it on their time in their own space is, is that route, I feel. So um, so thank you very much, man. Really do appreciate your time uh, being with us. Uh, it was definitely well worth the wait. And uh, um, yeah, thank you very much, man. Really appreciate well, it. He reminded me at uh, CSM earlier this year. He was like, Mo, yeah. tell me. I was like, Kurt, I didn't forget. <laughs> yeah, like we said, it's just been a year in the making of um, yes. getting, getting me to come to this podcast. But uh, definitely thank y'all for having me. I enjoy talking digital health with the both of you. And if need be, I'll, I'll love to come back in the future and discuss it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely keep that in mind and, and see how things have evolved and how they will continue to evolve for you, man. So wishing you much success, continued success in what you're Don't doing, man. And you get to use Alex as a future referral. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, listen, we, <laughs> you we, we definitely talking when we're done here. <laughs> um, because uh, I, I'm definitely interested in, in you know, just learning more because I'm I'm the type that's always kind of looking um, for what other possible opportunities, right? You know, I I'm never just complacent in, in really in anything that I do, um, especially when it comes to my profession and, and business and, and and just opportunities, right? And looking to diversify and just kind of spread my my uh my wings out so to speak and just trying to trying to see what i can get myself into and, and see what works and see what doesn't right part of part of growing is is sometimes failing and and, and understanding what works and what doesn't work and you can't really do that if you're just stuck in in the same place right so um it, it's definitely an opportunity but again thank you very much man do appreciate your time to all of our viewers and followers thank you very much really do appreciate your support Continue to like, share, retweet, all that good stuff. Follow us on all of our um, platforms and uh, just keep watching, keep supporting because, you know, we're working on some good stuff, Mo and myself, and, and just trying to bring out some good stuff for you guys. So yep. as always, everybody have a good night. Be all safe. Right. All right. Peace.